and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone has been keeping safe and as cool as possible over the last week with this heat wave we've been experiencing. Um, I know we were supposed to be recording an episode on the Cage film Snowden this week. However, we've had a very busy week at Cage Fighting Towers and just not had a chance to put that one through yet. So instead, because it's an international break, we thought we'd give you something a little bit different and show you something that we do on the other side, on our other podcast, The Wolves Fancast. Over there, I started a sporadic series called The Filmcast, the aim of which is to review and rank all of the football films which have ever been made. Um, what we thought we'd do is we'd give you the very first episode we made, which is on the film Mike Bassett, England Manager. You'll recognise all four of the voices on this episode with myself and Stu. And there's also Dave Evans and Rich Hobbs who have all appeared on this podcast as well. Um, there is no Matt Guy because this was a year or two before we got to meet his dulcet tones. So I hope you enjoy the look at this other side and let us know what you think. We might even drop some more episodes of the film cast on this feed as well for you. Um, and if you like it, we could even do uh, some kind of crossover episode, maybe something on the Wolves Fancast YouTube channel. Um, see what you think. But get in contact. And you can get in contact with ourselves at cagefightingpod or cagefightingpod at gmail.com. Uh, the Fancast socials are at Wolves Fancast on everywhere. And also there is a YouTube channel, so make sure you search that out as well. Whether or not you want to listen to football chat or just the football film stuff, it's all available over on that side. So we hope you enjoy this. And we will see you next week with Snowden. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Wolves Fancast presents the Football Filmcast. The Football Filmcast is something dreamt up to rank every football film ever made, one film at a time, based upon five categories. The cultural impact, the footballing authenticity, the football stars, the film itself, you know, the stuff around the football, and basically your overall enjoyment of the film. With me to discuss the merits and demerits of this movie... I have some of the fancast regulars with me. As a way of introducing to your film taste, gents, when I say your name, I'd like you to tell the audience of a film that just makes you happy. Something that you can stick on no matter what, and it will just bring a smile to your face. So, I haven't even introduced myself yet, so <laughs> it's Andy here. <laughs> and my film would be Shaun of the Dead. I just think it's a great Ooh, film. Good choice. It's a good yeah, choice. It's, it, it's always up there for me, and yeah, absolutely brilliant. With me, I have Dave. Hello. I find this really odd that I'm not hosting, <laughs> and I want to show that I'm not hosting. Hello. Hello. All my unfiltered opinions can finally come out. Well, you're doing the editing, yeah. so, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello. I'm here. I'm here. Film. 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 Happy film. Um, for me, Back to the Future. It's my favourite film of all time. There's something about, I don't know whether it's the music, the fact that it's a film win every time I watch it. 
you can almost see yourself in the film and everything that happens happening to you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, it would scare the crap out of me. A younger version of my mom hit on me back then, like anyone, hopefully everyone else would feel the same as way. But it's just, I don't know, it's the euphoria of it, it's the excitement, it's that final scene when he's at the dance and he gets to do that song and it's just so uplifting, isn't it? It's so kick-ass, yeah. the whole of it. And you it's just, a proper rip-roar, yeah. isn't it? And it's one of those dream sequences where you almost feel like, oh, I wish, you know, that, that's how I imagine it in my head if I ever got the opportunity to yeah. do something like that. But yeah, every time, it's, if it's on the telly or if it's something I want to watch, it goes on every time mm. and I just love every single bit of it. I think that period of Michael J. Fox, he was the everyman, wasn't yes. he? Yes, yeah. yeah. Fantastic, yeah. I also have Rich with me. Hello, everyone. Are you alright? How's yeah. fatherhood treating you? Tiring but rewarding. It's very nice for when I come home after a very long day, she always wants to smile at me. But it does mean that most of the time at the moment, she's spent most of the day crying at mum. So it's great to be here <laughs> and spending an evening uh, away from everything and get a deal with all that when I get home. So how's but it really? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good PR answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very political there. <laughs> I look forward to waking up in... What are we now? Uh, about eight hours' time. Just oh no, she just sleep through quite a bit. Anyway, we're we're talking about films, though, aren't we? We're talking about we films. We are talking about so, films. So you're the happy, film, Rich. Film that makes me happy. I was going to say, if it wasn't about, I won't mention the film that we're about to review, despite the fact that we've already told people we're reviewing it. My one is actually quite a new one in terms of it, but it's actually Paddington. <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 The first one, the second. Honestly, either. I think it's, it, both of them as standalone films. But I'm going to go with the first one. Um, I they shouldn't be as good as they are mm. in terms of the acting, the stylization of it, the humour, and I watched it. God, only really earlier this year, and. I'll say I've probably watched it an extra sort of two or three mm. times in the space of about three months. Um, there are probably other films that you say, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, and I've, in a way I've almost seen those so many times. I've almost yeah. come a bit alien to them. It's just mm. like I can, mm. you know. Paddington's a great answer, though. and I think Paddington 2 is one of the few movies that actually surpasses the original for me. Yeah. It's superb. Honestly, it just... I. Yeah, that, that's a very good answer. It's like an old school... You know you have people say, oh, they don't make kids films like they used to. Mm. That's a perfect one for me. When I saw it the first time, the one thing that came out of it was there's no devices, there's no mobile phones, there's no tablets, there's no, no internet, yeah. and therefore that film could be shown any, in some ways, any era, yeah, it's and it would still be timeless. Say, that's did, what, did you watch it with... Um, Mary or Mary hasn't you... seen it yet. No, oh, okay. no. But I watched it with Catherine was... years ago, yeah. and we both came out the thinking that was. Something. I didn't have many expectations going into no, it because it's one of those things. It's it's a... gonna be, it'll be a run of the mill, mm. go yeah. to the cinema, come and do it. But yeah, I loved it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that or up, but yeah. again, that's well, a, yeah, that's a similar film. sort yeah. of. There are other films I like that aren't just children's films, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to pass on to the next person. Yeah, and the next person doing his chum Dyson pressing once more. It's true. <laughs> it's not as bad as last time. It's, it's not as bad. There's not as know. much gravel, but for a night out in the grain store, nice plug. Yeah. Give us some free stuff. Um, well, I think they, they could do with the amount we spent in there on Saturday night. Well, the that you spent in there. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I quit for a gym yeah. is borderline silly. But yeah. 
Um, when it comes to cocktails, I'm a dickhead for it, to be honest. But yeah, yeah you're happy films, Stu. <laughs> I was looking at that. There's so many. I mean, the amount of stuff that I watch that's just pure nonsense. Yeah. It could be anything, but it's Die Hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 80s. It's Bruce Willis. It's Christmas. And it's action. What else could you possibly yeah. want? It ticks all the boxes. Yeah, it ticks all the boxes. And I, I was looking at it, and I thought, well, what have I watched more than anything else? Mm. And I'll watch it every single year since I've, I was probably about 12. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... You know the other ones? I mean, it's saying about recent things. Avengers. The first Avengers, I've watched that loads of times mm. as well. Um, but Goonies as well and things like that. Oh, but yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen the Goonies since, like, the... Late eighties, to be honest, it seems like such a good film. It's, it's, it's a, a timeless time film as well. You can watch it at any point, and yeah, it's well, great. Well, that's why when you were saying that about Paddington, there's there's nothing in the Goonies apart from um, Cindy Lauper, and <laughs> <laughs> she's a bit different now. But no, Die Hard, Die Hard, superb. That's, that is a good answer. Uh, but yeah, so we are here to discuss Mike Bassett, England manager. Yeah, and here is a clip. You've got the job. What's your ambition? To win the World Cup. Nice. Right. You seriously think you can do that? Why not? You believe we're better than the Germans, the Brazilians, the French, the Argentines. Excuse me, the people like you always run in our country down. I mean, you forget what a great nation we are. I mean, we invented Parliament. We abolished slavery. We defeated Hitler. And then we came up with the, well, the, the computer, the singing telegram. The Bessemer smelting process. We've, we've had people like Wordsworth and Shakespeare and Dickens, you know, once more into the breach, dear friend, once more. And do you know what else we've done? We invented football and we gave it to the world. Well, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to bring it back. Right, so Mike Bassett, England manager, was released on the 28th of September 2001. The real world had just been rocked by terrorist attacks in America. The UK then Labour leader Tony Blair led his party to a second successive landslide victory. And in the footballing world, May 2001, Man United lifted their 14th league title. Man City got relegated from the Premier League. And First Division Wolves finished 12th (laughs) after spending over £3 million on a strike force of Cedric Roussel and Robert Taylor. Ah, classic Wolves. Classic Wolves. Dave knows all about Cedric Russell. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't remember these two at all. You know, massive faux pas on me, but this is an era that I don't remember at all. It was the the dirty gold shirt. It was. Um, it was the one without a sponsor, wasn't it? No, was it was no, it's good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we didn't have no, it. Mate. The, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Kit, kit sponsor. Yeah, yeah, it was made. It was made in Ark. Yeah, it's a local firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, it, they didn't say Ark. He said WWFC. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a dark period. I think that's when like Tony Dinning was our best player, and <laughs> he was great at Stockport, though. He was, but that's ever when they come to our, especially that period, we signed a lot of players who came just for the money and the lifestyle, and offered very little. The money and the lifestyle. <laughs> well, in what early noughties, <laughs> Wolverhampton, Bridge was new. In fairness, I yeah, the they all came there. Being a yeah. footballer, sorry, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. But yeah, that was. Uh, that was this is the, this you. is the token wolves chat we can get away with, so it's still classed as a wolves podcast. <laughs> We've got a little bit more coming up at the end oh, as well, because okay. Dan has done us a quiz, good, and good. it is it's loosely Mike Bassett meets <laughs> Wolverhampton <laughs> Wanderers. Okay, <laughs> I cannot wait. It, it is it's a good one. It's a good one. Oh yep. So 
Mike Bassett was an Eng- uh, Mike Bassett England manager is a film where the blundering first division manager gets promoted above his means to take England to a World Cup. It's shot in a mockumentary style, much like precursors. This is Spinal Tap, CB4, The Office, and Marion and Jeff. I think the best place to start talking about this film is going to be around the non-footballing elements of it. So I've got to be honest; I was dreading putting this film on when <laughs> when I hadn't seen it since two thousand and one. My tastes have drastically changed since then. I thought this is going to be awful, but then when I saw it was an eighty-five minute film, I thought like, I can pair with through this. I've watched worse that's gone on for three hours, like Spartacus last week. Um, through your own choice as well. Through my own choice. Through my own choice. Because after watching it, I was surprised how well constructed this movie was. Mm. A lot of spoof movies they tend to be very scattergun in their approach, and yep. th- there are a lot of films where it's a lot of skits just threaded together. But it's actually, I arc. thought this was quite a, a painless viewing. I think yeah. it was decent, actually. I think one thing sort of I, I kind of picked up, and I won't be able to explain it um, amazingly well. But have any of you kind of read or looked into Dan Harmon's uh, story circle about how he constructs a story? But vaguely through vaguely, uh, Rick and Morty, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a Rick and Morty one um, and parts um, community as well. But basically, you know, like you've got like a standard story arc of sort of, you know, beginning, middle, end. And, you know, they overcome something, a bit of adversity uh, in like two way, two thirds of the way through and then sort of achieve the goal at the end. Mm. And actually, I sort of looked through all sort of the different aspects of it. And actually, Mike Bassett goes through all these stages. So as an actual story, it does kind of hold up. And it doesn't really miss anything from, actually, he's in this sort of position of comfort. He's just won the League Cup with Norwich, 3-2 win um, against Leicester. And then he gets taken out of his comfort zone mm. into the England job, and by hook or by crook, he just about manages to get to the World Cup. And then it all kind of falls apart for him before, you know, he goes back, you know, step seven on here. I've, I've got it in front of me. <laughs> uh, I, I've literally kind of bumbled through like three, yeah, one and two, and then three, four, five, six, seven. Seven is they return to a familiar situation, so he brings on Tonka. It all went happily ever after. And he's changed for the better. And, you know, actually, it it works. And, you know, it, it's weird because in my head, it wasn't an 89-minute film. Mm. It, it In my head, oh, it's like a standard sort of two-hour. And yeah. like, I think, you know, watch so many films these days, especially, um, I was going to say, Hollywood films, so to speak, or bigger blockbusters. And like, I think my last film I saw in the cinema was probably Avengers, which was three hours long. Mm. And like this film's like half the length of it, but it gets the job done. Yeah, there seemed to be a, when I watched it. So I, I was late in the Mike Bassett party originally, and then someone told me to watch it. I watched it. And I thought this is a great film. So like again, it's been years since I've watched this again. So I was kind of half excited, but like you, half a bit mm. like, oh, this is going to be like again. A couple of things I took out of it on the, the non-football story-wise, there's almost a sense of redemption storyline in mm. it. You can almost akin him to someone like a, an Allardyce or a Pulis who's a man starting to become out a dinosaur outside the world of football he's becoming. Mm. And there's a sense of, not closure, but a sense of... I think he knows he's going out of that world, but there's one last thing for him to prove. And he does it, but it's not a... 
impractical ending that England go and win the World Cup. It's yeah. he's over. He's proven everybody wrong. He's had. An, he goes off into the sunset and has a good time. And that's and, I, and that's what I find strange about the film. It's, that it's a comedy, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of good storyline elements. You know, the bit about when he's, um, you know, everyone's hating him and everyone's saying he should leave, and his family gets affected, his son gets affected, mm. his wife has to move to a uh, to his sisters. You watch it, you could see that act probably happens to not just mm, manages yeah. a lot of people, and I think there was a real good, despite the daftness, it was actually a really good heart mm. to the film and I that mean, really surprised me slapstick to yeah. it, but as you say it's there are bits that are very grounded which I, I think are quite I'm not going to say moving because it, it's no. not quite that to that extent but they are affecting I think they're, yeah I think Ricky decent. Tomlinson definitely sort of brings it in terms of that and he kind of he gives you that sort of bit of a slapstick mm. um, element but and he's able to deliver on the emotional moments as well, yeah. and you really do feel it. Mm. You think with Ricky Tomlinson as well, he had been a proper actor before. Yeah. He hadn't, when did when was the Royal Family? Was that? Oh, it was like 90s. Yeah, it was around the same time, but yeah. he'd done the Brookside thing, and he had done serious stuff before, yeah. and, he, and he had done time as well. Mm. Um, so he had been through some bad stuff himself. You could, what, did he, what, what did he do time for? He won. I think he was, he was some at minor. Okay. He won. Mm. You won't, you ain't killed that one or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. going to say, that it's interesting you, you sort of say he's a bit like an Allardyce because I, I kind of made a note that there was almost sort of similarities to someone like Hodgson in terms of like the time, like when he took over because, you know, Hodgson took over literally just before the Euros in 2012 yeah. and yeah. All right, we weren't amazing but, you know, we got to the knockout stages yeah. and stuff like that and, you know, obviously for Hodgson he was a, you know, he was a, Broadsheet man in a tabloid world, I think it was described. And mm. you can't, I can't quite feel about Mike Bassett is that you know wanted to write, uh, you know, write the uh, team name on the back of the fags like yeah. like like it did back in the day, and not like, actually might lead to clerical errors. Um, that was such a good bit. It, it's such a good bit. It's <laughs> such a lovely gag, isn't it? And it, it, it it's, <sighs> I don't know, like. Part of it's like just trying to escape the realism a bit because you'd be like, "Come on, that's that's not how it would happen." They'd clearly have a better vetting process. Mm. They wouldn't be going away from home and having to play with Benson and Hedges. But yeah, it's a great joke. It's when he's in the mm. training room for the first time. When he's not, he's at the training camp and he announces to the team, and he literally gets a pack of cigarettes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. really off the back of that. See, because I like, I, I can't even remember seeing him smoke. No, <laughs> no, no. no. That's but when you have real the real life things with like Michelle from the FA who phones everyone up, yeah. When you got things like that happening, and then you think, well, at, at that time as well, still pre, really pre mobile mm. phones, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility. Because I remember my dad doing the same thing when he was manager of Wensfield and writing writing names on a fag packy or or, <laughs> or the back of a, back of a box of something, anything that I could find. He just wrote it on the back. So it was one of them things where. When I watched it for the first time, I thought, that's hilarious because I've seen mm. that happen with my own eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I, I he did two years because he was conspiracy to intimidate in the uh, Flying Pickets Builders Workers Dispute Ooh. in 72. Little factoid for you there. Oh. So, what were your favourite moments then, Dave? Um, we're going to play the clip later on, but the half-time team talk. Yeah. But it's not just the rant. It's um, it's Bashir, isn't it? Martin Bashir. Yeah. Just yeah. It's his pre- And post. And post bits that yeah. just perfectly executed 
in between, oh, you know, each side of that, there's makes that clip the best thing. Mm. Um, and I just think I, I like the the bit in when again, I'm, I'm gonna have to say spoilers here. If you if you're oh, not watched yeah. the film and you listen to this, <laughs> I was you say years spoilers. old. Should we have started the uh, show with spoiler alert? Yeah. Anyway, spoilers anyway. There's you know when uh, is it, is it Tonk, Tonka? Yeah, Tonka scores the goal, and there's that shot of him. You look at him, and it goes all quiet, and he's, they score, and you can tell because um, Bradley Walsh jumps on his back, and there's that sense of his face of kind of relief and satisfaction. I don't know. There's that bit that I really mm. like, but the fag packet bit is still From one of my when he, when when they call when he has to explain why these two third division players are going to call to the England squad. Yeah, but I mean that the moment you talk about there with Tonka, where he does the goal that he scores, he does the Maradona run, mm. and then the Maradona yeah. hand of God. Yeah. yeah. But the Maradona run is one of the bits that I really liked. So you know when they're in the doing the training, yeah, and they're showing them how to do the skill runs, yeah. And we've got the best dribblers ever. We've got Pele, Maradona, Mark well, Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> we ran out of money. Yeah, yeah, that killed me. I didn't. I got to me. I didn't laugh a lot at the film. I didn't find it laugh out loud funny. Mm. But that moment, that really, that that was the best minute. <laughs> there is me. a lot of little yeah. clever jokes like yeah. that. The other one that I thought was quite clever was when the Irish team rocks up. Yeah. That that whole England yeah, yeah. I, I think the the England Scotland Ireland yeah all converging because you know it sounds stupid but you must think like back in the day you know they're all pretty much travelling from the same place they're all having to go to Brazil you know so it's a bit yeah. of a long flight you know they're either going to have to stop somewhere and. Uh, it makes sense that they'd all kind yeah. of land yeah. around the same time in the same place. Yeah, because I, I remember when I got into football, like my first memories at a tournament was USA '94, mm. and the Irish team was full of, to be perfectly honest, English people. Yeah, it was all your, your Andy Townsends and and all these. And so when that one guy starts talking with an Irish accent and he said, "You're from London, you mug." Yeah, <laughs> I thought that's very much the Irish that I remember as a kid. So mm. I liked that one as well. Stu, what was your... Uh, no, I was going to say, about that that section, when I, I look on IMDb, on the trivia, mm. and it said that the, the Scottish team was just some Scottish people on holiday. That they yeah, found. I that. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> they just, just found dumb some, luck. Just found some <laughs> Scottish people and just cast them. <laughs> That's the, incredible. The guy with the Irish accent was the only Irish person there again, and the rest were just... Just random Brazilians. Because you can tell that film is on a low budget. But looking at IMDb again, the wealth of all movie knowledge. Did you, it seems like they did actually go to Rio to film yeah. some yeah. bits. I, I read. Yeah. That, I, I, th- I was asked to try and do a bit of digging to get the budget. And I think it was about three and a half million for the budget. And I think they, from when I was looking at the figures, million. they made that's. I think they made a return because I think on box office they made just under three and a half million overall. Mm. It did uh, get. I think it wiped. I was going to say. Yeah. Speaking of box key. office, oh, I did write oh. down. Um, but it did open number f- uh, third in the UK. Do we any of you three know behind which of the two films? Wasn't it two big films as well? I know yeah. one of them is AI artificial intelligence. Yes, yeah, and the other Spielberg one. one. Now I think <sighs> Harry Potter was the week after because that was the biggest film of that year. Um, is it an American Pie too? It was Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. American Pie so, was around that time as well because I know that was I was looking all last night to all the, uh, five <laughs> box office receipts <laughs> and yeah. everything. Um, Rich, your favourite moment. I was um, going to move on then. Sorry, th- there's a couple. I think what one of mine's sort of around um, the, the uh, left winger Alan Massey. Yeah. I, I think it's Alan Massey. I mean, so he d- when he does the um, first team talk, um, uh, sort of 
uh, lineup and sort of announces the squad and he goes through and everyone's kind of got a nickname it's uh. Wacko Tonka <laughs> whatever. and like he goes sorry can you just go through it again I, I don't quite get it and he goes why don't I have a nickname <laughs> and then the next scene is from him in the changing room and he goes around and he's, he goes up to Smallsy and he sort of gives him a pep talk he does the sort of a Jack, um, Jack Chart and Peg gag and he goes Alan Alzi <laughs> but again it's it's fulfilling the joke and like kind of giving it a payoff and then it ends of course in the tunnel for the Brazil game so Wacko's out he's in prison they need a new <laughs> captain and of course, you know you don't really kind of learn about many of the other players and he then gets called Skipper and like you mm. see him sort of beaming with pride and everyone's calling him Skipper I was like yeah because again it kind of gets you emotion, it gets the emotional beat mm. but you get the gag in a couple of yeah. times as well throughout the film you think about the, the, the payoff and the gags thing the one that I completely forgot about and I, I hadn't seen it since 2001 either the bit with the um, with the notes under the door yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you think I oh, just put it out on the and and it was under the, the literally under the carpet from yeah. Ron Greenman from in, from the eighties. Yeah. I thought that was that was genius. And um, there was that bit. There was obviously the halftime thing. Um, yeah, but there was there was so many like little bits that I'd completely forgot about. I'd completely forgot about the the bar scene as well. <laughs> oh yes. yeah, yeah. And when you think years later, when Sven and Todd were in in the bar <laughs> at the World Cup, not dancing or anything like that, but when they were playing music and stuff when everyone else was supposed to be tucked up in bed and you think well some of the stuff in this film is, it's almost like a parody of the future like you said yeah there is a little bit life imitating art yeah, like, the, like you said about the Allardyce and all that stuff mm. that some of the things that he was saying and that rant was very similar to oh he's probably obviously inspired by the Neil Warnock rant in the Sheffield United documentary well I was trying to work Graham out timelines See, I thought it was Pete. I thought it was um, the halftime round. Was that a Peter Reed one? No, there's the Graham Taylor one in Enough failed bit to get the, the USA '94. Yeah, the impossible. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I read somewhere some of this is uh, a mockumentary it's style a on, on that mockumentary. Yeah, yeah that, well, not mockumentary, documentary as well. But so. that's why the, the Bradley Walsh's characters play effectively playing Phil Neal. I was yeah. going to say with with Dodsey, which I think is a great character, and it's a great one. I think you know for anyone who's played football. Uh, whatever level from kids football to you know Sunday league even to a high enough level we've all had like assistant that really enthusiastic assistant coach who is just there because you know what he's really passionate but his job is there literally just to be be the second in command Mm. I did have a note about him is Dodsey basically Terry Connor (laughs) (laughs) Terry Connor without the clipboard can you imagine like because like the way I see it is, could you ever? Uh, he wasn't actually assistant manager; he was like coach or whatever. Because you had um, they got the used car salesman, the used car salesman yeah. whose name is completely blanked on. The, ga- um, the guy who was in Raised by Wolves. Yeah. If you ever saw that, yeah, um, the grandpa in that. Yeah, but like you could never imagine Dodsey as a coach, as a, like a f- manager. And no. uh, just and again, it's the same with Terry Connor. Great guy, great coach. Soon as you put him in that wolf's uh, dugout by himself, he looked like the loneliest man in the world. <laughs> so, what about the negatives of the film? I mean, I think that actually you mentioning or mentioning the Graham Taylor argument thing that there was quite a few of those where they'd tried to mock the the Graham Taylor, the the Gaza from '96, and yeah. actually this is like 
five, six, seven years later this film's coming out. Is the film dated? I think... Uh, even at the time it was released, is that dated? At the, at the time, I thought it was piss funny. I thought, even though... I mean, Wembley was... Was Wembley even closed by then? Yeah, it was 99, wasn't it? Wembley closed. Yeah. Because they'd filmed it all. Well, there was Worthington around the pitch, oh, so... Apparently, the last match ever played at Wembley was the... Was cast versus the crew, was it? Oh, uh, right, Mike okay. Because some of the stuff was obviously filmed in, in the Worthington Cup final, and they'd done it at half-time or before and stuff, because mm, you yeah. could see the things around the pitch. Is it I was like going to say, there's a few things that I think we can pick up when it comes to sort of the actual football in this film and some of the stars that mm. were a bit of a red mark for me. It was like um, Dream Team had the same problem as well. Yeah, you could t- I think, to be honest, I think if we keep up with these, I think it could be a trait, <laughs> to be honest, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I'll but get no, that impression. I mean, at the time, I don't. I think everyone, well, most people at the time thought, yeah, this is, this is nailed. They've mm. nailed it. But, you look at it now, and there was stuff. The one that got me was the um, the touchy feely physio. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was insisting everything was a groin strain, mm. and then started rubbing the guy's <laughs> leg. And I thought, yeah, you can't get away with this anymore. No, no. no. Mm. About you, Rich? Any negatives that you can think of? Yeah. So, she's uh, kind of covered it a little bit. Maybe in terms, I think, in terms of like some of the the. I was gonna say the gags, like I think ones like the ga- like the Gaza pastiches. Um, I mean the Gaza one's almost so iconic, you could probably just about get away with it, mm. and people are almost aware that it is a, you know, piss take on that. One of the ones that it's a really little one that was a bit of a bugbear. It's having, you know, because they, they basically they made mentions to real life footballers, players, and clubs. Right throughout, throughout it, whether it was, um, you know, who who plays in national teams or, you know, who's who's playing at the clubs, but when it came to like the management selection, it was all fake managers, and you know, obviously, yeah. like again, it was hinted that it was you know people like Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, oh, he's won he's won five titles, three cups, whatever, but he's Scottish, and you know, saying oh, Liverpool manager, he's really up and coming, but you know. Bit mm. mouthy, and all of that, and I, I liked it, and I obviously understand why you couldn't use, mm. but but either go all in or don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like you know, like uh, you know, like so add like a clip of Ronaldo in it. So clearly, there's some basis of it in the real world, mm. but yeah, but not and, and Pele as well. Time. So it's like mm. wh- which way round is mm. it? it? You know, it's a probably a bit of a picky flaw, but no, it's perfectly fine though I think they'd probably in a weird way they'd probably get away with it more now to actually just yeah. name real people and just to tell I, the piss out of them yeah because I, I, again like it's one of those things where you say life imitating art and they kind of went through it and uh, say it was a few years ago it was particularly because it was Liverpool if they had said Brendan Rodgers really up and coming coach but a bit mouthy mm. it would have been bang on the money yeah. and like you look through like I, I really did like that whole scene with the really antiquated FA. They really don't actually seem that bothered. Old like, white men in a it was, just, it was just like 12 old white men. Well, that that's the only bit of the negative, similar to the physio thing, which just missed me until you just said it. That's the only, neg- the only negative thing is the ir- ironic nature that, that, that there was 12 white men around a table deciding who the next thing the manager was going to be, which maybe either still have us now in certain quarters or it's probably only just started to change yeah. at the FA. And I just watched that and I thought, 
Oh, jeez. Yeah. 18 like, years later and we're still Are we still kind of there? Yeah. 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 But I think that was just... That wasn't negative on the film. That was just reflecting the, the time, the yeah. time it yeah. was. But yeah, I, I, I can't think of any major negative. I'm not trying to say it was a perfect film. Mm. Maybe it was a bit slapstick at times, a bit too much for me. But I, there wasn't any major glaring things for me that, that stuck out. Mm. But there were some cultural things which we'll get onto we'll sure get at on one to. point. <laughs> And the the cultural impact, yeah, we're talking because that's where we're going. Hey. Next. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Cultural impact for me. This is probably the strongest category for the film. I thought. Yeah. Even now, when an England manager gets sacked, Mike Bassett trends on uh, trends on Twitter. Yeah. It's the first thing that comes. I mean, four four fucking two. <laughs> that is still one of the most quoted things whenever people talk about dinosaur managers. You're Allardyce. I was going to say, I, I found this really interesting. I couldn't quite, you know give it a score 1 to 5 particularly well because part of the reason I in certain quarters which is well, I was going to say football fans but it's football fans of a particular type will be able to quote this film off the top of our heads so the fact that we've had people replying to us on Twitter about this and just going free cheers for Ramirez <laughs> <laughs> and literally I would I would love if Wolves like signed peak Gaston Ramirez just because I would make that joke every time on Twitter and you know what? It might go over half the people's heads, but for those like twenty people who got it, it would be great, <laughs> and that's why it's amazing. But it, in terms of its actual kind of long-term impact, and this was a really weird one to sort of try and piece together. But I had a look on Facebook um, to sort of see, you know, because you still get Facebook pages and mm. things like that, and like it, it, no matter how old the film is, and like. You know, so you can like it. And I thought, it sounds really bad, but it doesn't actually have that many uh, that many likes. Um, so I'm going to be really awkward and interrupt this for some breaking news. Oh, oh, oh. Tottenham Hotspur have sacked head coach Mauricio Pochettino. Oh. Live on... Oh, Mike Bassett? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I can think of only one man who can replace him. But yeah, um, and, so he's gonna pl- and he's going to play 4-4 fucking two. Anyway, just dated this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mike Bassett, England manager, um, it's only got like 2,800 likes. And... That doesn't feel like that many for like a really like like a cult. Like, it's not. It doesn't yeah. seem to have a cult following in the same way. Let's say someone even like Shaun of the Dead. But it's mm. the um, same thing. The IMDb posts only five thousand. Yeah. For a film that old, but again, it is exactly what you're saying. It's a, it's a cult film amongst people amongst a certain amount of people. Not like necessarily people who are going to be on. Yeah, like I don't mm. think it obviously can. I don't think it probably breaches past football fans. No. Mm. If you know what I mean? Like, I think the jokes are so kind of ingrained into English football, yeah. both as an international team and just as a, um, you know, isn't it sort of just the cultural kind of joke in jokes that I think, you know, if my wife watched it, she'd find some of it funny. But, you know, like, let's say the Benson Heads is. Heads, Benson Hedges joke, mm. but I think some of the other football gags would probably go over ahead a bit. Yeah, that, that's and what I, I saw in quite that's, a lot of fan reviews. That's what I think probably yeah. gets missed. And I think to compare, and this is not a great comparison. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of cult films mm. and ones which have a huge cult following, um, but are fairly terrible, The Room has 150,000 likes on Facebook. Now, I would have expected that to be more. Yeah, honest. the room's but, got a yeah. worldwide cult. Weird but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. It, though. It, yeah, it, it's it. 
I think it's such a niche cult film, though. That's yeah. probably why. Mm. It's and almost like a, a cult disaster. of a cult. So yeah. so, yeah. But it's like, it was great that um, on our WhatsApp group, um, we were talking about the Ireland team um, playing the other day, and so I made a joke about the England B team. Yeah. And immediately, I'm pretty sure every member in the fan cast yeah. knew exactly what that joke mm. was. And But yeah, I think it probably doesn't kind of get beyond doesn't translate well does no. it no it's it's almost like if you get if you go abroad wearing the t-shirt saying unbelievable jeff yeah there's only a certain amount of people yeah. who are going to know exactly yeah. what you're talking about but it's that certain amount of people that constantly do it every single weekend unbelievable jeff after yeah. something that happens and it's the same thing with this that it's mm. it's probably a a big deal to a, cert, a small amount of people yeah mm. but that small amount of people is in the hundreds of thousands but they're just not necessarily on Twitter and Facebook mm. and any other socials. When I watched it again the other night, knowing it was in 2001, I thought this film summed up, not just from a football perspective, that era of early yes. noughties perfectly. If somebody said yeah. to me, give me a film that sums up England in early noughties, I'd give show them that. The Especially when you go look at the fans, how they've dressed, their haircuts, how everybody talks, the training when they're in big puffy jumpers, <laughs> um, the, the press conferences when there's loads of media when they have the training um, for the press and there's hundreds of press there mm. for it I just thought that sh- perfectly showed up an era that was literally transitioning from late 90s into mm. the early noughties I think even away from the football pitch you've yeah. got Keith Allen Atomic Keith yeah, <laughs> exactly, I was yeah. going to yeah. say I think I made notes on actually literally all of that in terms of I thought they pitched that the tabloid press yes. which uh, uh, you know that late nineties, early noughties, like hate campaign at points against you know particular English yep. mm. players and personalities, and you know I'm, I I wrote down Keith Allen and Atomic Kitten because it's so two thousand and what is even, it? Even yeah. Martin Bashir, I presume, did yeah. the Michael Jackson thing not it was come after out? That, after, but it wouldn't have been that yeah. long after that. But he was a per, he's probably like the Louis Through of the, he, the at that point. He was. He, he was, was on his way up, I think. Yeah, wasn't yeah. He? I think yeah. he was still. Was he still on OTN though? I he was still doing like long, long form pieces for them. I remember, to be honest. I just thought it really summed up that age, mm. that that era, perfectly. And I, that's yeah. what I, that's a, that, funny. That's the biggest thing that I took away from it was how it really just summed up the early noughties completely. Say, I've realised, and I'm going back through notes. There's one more criticism I've got. Yeah. And it's a, no, actually, there's a couple more, but one was about Wacko. Because I get the joke, it's like a bit of a Vinnie Jones spoof. Mm. But would he have made it international football? At well, that time. Th- there was a few time, like this. Because, you, you know, yeah. you're talking... Oh, it sounds really bad. Because, what, 2001, who'd have played centre-back? Sol Campbell? Um, I mean, too fat... It was, was it for well, the... the 2002 World, World Cup. Cup. It was, was for Campbell and Ferdinand, Ferdinand, wasn't it? Yeah, so... And, you know, before that, you'd have Tony Adams, who I know, you know, wasn't exactly a shrinking violet. And same with you know, Martin Keown, mm. but they could play a bit. And I know it seemed a bit, I think it was like he played 50 times for England and he was sent off 20 times. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... Sergio Ramos? Well, he was like the Benson... Yeah. <laughs> the Benson and Hedges joke. Yeah. That they were supposed to be what what's now League 2 players, but they were... <laughs> they they, very, weren't, very, yeah, they very weren't even late. Sunday League players. Yeah. So they were sort of stretching the... The, the, mm. the realms of plausibility, I think, at, at points. Yeah. Which, actually, that's, that's a criticism I thought just now. When they were doing that training session without the football, 
which yeah. was amusing to see, but again, it's just taking it that little bit too but far away but, from But remember, reality. though, underground Taylor, we, we never played with footballs for a, a lot of pre-seasons. Get, hung, get them hungry. Get them hungry yeah. With, yeah. yeah, that's true, because they, they never... I think it might have been one, one of the um, old goal club podcasts, one of the... One of the guys from that time, when they said that that was a criticism, of Grand Taylor, mm. we, we never played. They never touched the football until the last two weeks of pre-season. So it was all right, about okay. fitness and positional sense. Maybe it's not so. Um, I was going to say. Then. I was going to say. I mean, it, the the Alfred kick and the, things the, like yeah, that. all of that yeah. was ridiculous. But you know, there is probably some merit, probably less so in football. But like in American football, they do walkthroughs for mm. you know their routes and stuff. It's a bit difficult though because obviously if they were to go at full pelt. Yeah, it's a bit different, isn't it? It's, it's always yeah. <laughs> like Kate Garraway last night. Oh, oh is this a um, celebrity yeah. thing? Yeah. No, it's not me. Yeah, they, they were practicing um, rugby tackling, and obviously she, James asked had the, had the um, boxing thing, mm. and he was just holding it on his chest, and she ran into him and just bounced off. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good point to uh, have a break, lads. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show, and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website, and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design, or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs, from websites to brochures and signage, to marketing, logo design, and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. Half-time in La Bombanera Stadium and England trail Mexico by two goals to nil. And welcome back. We're part way through our deep dive into Mike Bassett, England manager. I think the next point to go to would be the footballing authenticity. That is a tricky word to say. <laughs> I was quite surprised at the standards of the football scene. Yeah. Having seen some of the other bits and bobs, like most of the other footballing films I've seen are absolute trash. <laughs> but all of these, all the actors who played the football, they actually looked like they knew how to play yeah. football. It was very brief when you actually stuff sort of on the pitch. It was brief. Mm. But especially England's goal, the first time you see England play, which is against Poland, when they take the lead, the build-up to that goal yeah. and the I, skill was incredible. So, yeah, I don't I'm remember sure this. I remember um, Dean Lennox Kelly, who played Tonka. I'm sure I remember seeing him like one well, of the first few soccer aid 
Yeah, when he yeah, was when he was yeah. in Shames. When he was in Shames, and I'm pretty sure he was pretty handy. And obviously, um, Carl Fletcher was part of the team from. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know his real name. He's Carl Terry Fletcher Keeley. from yeah. right, from Dream Team. Anyone remember how Carl Fletcher died? In Dream Team, I'm presuming. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that to be a very morbid. He, he came back as a ghost. I remember that. Yes, I remember that. How did he die? I, he not... was in a fight with the manager because he'd accepted a bung. Right. Uh, Carl Fletcher had to throw the game or something. He ended up fighting with the manager who pushed him, and then he fell into the the peg in the changing room, oh. ah. and then bled out. Steve Barnes esque, very Steve oh. Barnes esque. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I actually thought that the the look of the football was good because mm. I always felt with Dream Team, whenever they showed the match, I was always trying to figure out which teams actually played, and it was usually Leicester. And you know that if it's Monday Bandili, it's probably Emil Heskey in real life. But there was none of that in this. Well, mm-hmm. there were bits where they showed other matches, but never to that extent. Mm. I thought that really helped with the film. The, 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 how they, however they did at the time, the special effects of embedding those matches within Wembley at times I thought was really good. And then mm. going to Mike Bassett on the, the dugout when you could see him on the, on the pitch with the Wembley in the background. I thought... That aspect of it was really done really well. Mm. It was really, really clever camera yeah. angles. Yeah, and there was like the thing where the um, when they conceded, and it was clearly seeming for England against Germany in the last game with the ponytail. Yeah, and then the keeper's got a ponytail for the entire. Yeah, football. I thought that was a that was that was that was the only one that I thought. Yeah, that's a bit too obvious. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, even the the crowd effect for two thousand and one. Well. The crowd effects, they only had 300 extras in the ground and they managed to map 300 people to fill the stadium. Wow, okay. Compare that and the year, two years before and a year after you had episode one and episode two <laughs> of Star Wars. And I'm not being funny, but the effects in Mike Bassett were better than the effects in the Star Wars films. In the pod race scene? Yeah. I really, I genuinely, I was very impressed with the, the technical <laughs> abilities in this film. Because I was watching it when, when, I was watching it at first and I thought, how have they got that many people to react like that at half-time in a, in a game? And then, no, surely not, because there's that, that many flags, they'd be all over the place. And then I, I was amazed by that as well. Mm. And you look at the, I mean, you look at the effect, I mean, even Lord of the Rings as well, around yeah. about mm-hmm. a similar kind of time. And it won until the third one when they got crowd reactions like that with the orcs. Mm. Well, no, it's not the same orcs. And, but, what it, it's, but, but you can use for the, the for, scenes yeah, and you could For that it. budget as well. I mean, maybe it was because it's not even in HD. <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's, it's it never sense. had a Blu-ray release. <laughs> but um, even even the half-time rant, which you could probably put within the football authenticity, you can see that happening at the time. Mm. Maybe, to an extent, you could see that happening now. I think more modern managers now can be angry in different ways, mm. you would think. But you would still think that there are some managers in this country who will react to their team in that same way oh, depending yeah. on the game Alex Ferguson and the boot and yeah mm. exactly yeah that one that much later than after this film so it's I mean all I, when I watch it because I forgot a lot of the things in it and the, the the Neil Warnock rant at Sheffield United was the first thing that came into my head about mm. that and I thought that's, that obviously is before this but as well as saying before I mean I'd been in dressing rooms where things like that had happened and cups had been thrown at the wall. Oh, and yeah, yeah. There's a bit in uh, Michael Calvin's book, uh, Life, Death and Football, which talks about Kenny Jackett's yeah. season at mm. Millwall when they got promoted. And there's a lot of... Pre- I don't think there's any... I can't remember any half-time ones, but there's a lot of pre-match when him and Joe Gallon are swearing at the players to rev them up. 
and you can I was re- watching it going I couldn't imagine Kenny Jackett still doing that half time what, similar to what, <laughs> yeah. to what, what Joe Gallen I could yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah I think you can resonate that hmm. it, I just you speaking about that reminded me of the bit where was it when, I think when we played Poland in, in the film and he G's them up to go out to the match and then Wacko screams let's fucking kill him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that just came to mind and yeah that was a very funny moment Speaking of Wacko, he's been in two other football-related films. Yes. Do we know what the other two are? Green Street and football. M- mean Machines. No, Mean Machine. Yeah. yeah. So he seems to be like he's just a, an old pro at the podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Mean Machine, which I hadn't realised, was also released in two thousand and one. So he did two, so he did football two football films <laughs> in a twelve-month period. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What are your opinions on the football in authenticity, Rich? Yeah, similar to these guys, I think the actual kind of clips work quite nicely and sort of it does sort of blend quite well. I think I always remember sort of seeing other clips, it doesn't always quite work and it really always lets it down. But I think this, it, it did it quite nicely from, you know, little bits for training, um, sort of when we were at Bishop Abbey training ground mm. and all of that stuff I think it did okay um, to be fair I think the only thing that sort of let it down in sort of those regards were probably like the not having any stars football stars particularly well, I that think brings that, us on quite nicely yeah. to uh, the final <laughs> pillar of football filmed and yeah the footballing stars this was the real low point mm. for them I, I thought the only ones who I could figure out you had Bradley Walsh who played at Brentford, played for Brentford. I don't think he ever actually got on the pitch for the first team. Andy Anser, who seems to do everything football related. Obviously, he was Dream Team's mm. assistant manager, but he did have a brief footballing career. And then you're looking at Pele, and that was pretty See, much it. This is why, um, when I texted Andy my thoughts on this yesterday, I originally gave it a four because I remember Pe- <coughs> pardon me, Pele being in it. I thought, look, if you've got Pele on it, that, that pretty much ranks it quite high. Then I watched it, and then realised it, it's kind of just done with some very lovely editing clips. Mm. And he doesn't actually feature in it. He's very much um, a 20 minutes of his time, and that was all. And it was just doing, yeah. it was literally just doing those interviews, mm. of which I don't think our Mike Bassett related? Possibly not. Oh, when I saw um, the two very brief bits, all that went through in my head was the Simpsons yeah. um, at the stadium um, <laughs> clip. What, what is it? Yeah. Well, it's um, Pele king of the soccer field. To be king of your kitchen, use West Grace yeah. wax paper. <laughs> and then, like yeah. at the end, it does say um, <clears throat> in participation or something like <clears throat> that. It's not actually class, even like yeah. an acting credit or anything like that. And so, like that, I think Ronaldo, as, as mentioned, I'm sure Ronaldo. It's featured, yeah, in it a lot. I think there's, like, I think there's like a motif or something like that. Yeah, he's a, he's in. He can get asked. He says he's just going to look yes. there. Yeah, yeah. But that could be from yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Not from that. yeah. So yeah. like, I, and, and to be fair, Pele has proven over time that if you pay him anything, he will, <laughs> he do, will it. do it. He'll rise yeah. to the occasion. Fight. Yes, mm. yes, very mm. much so. No, you've you've forgotten the, the main two though. At the time, Gabby Yoroth and uh, Barry Venison, who I'd completely, oh, who I'd completely I forgot existed you, I love at how, all. I love how you went for maiden name and you didn't go Gabby Logan there. <laughs> she wasn't at the time, was she? I'd completely forgot Barry Venison even existed. Yeah. 
last thing does he occasionally pop up on the American I've, channels? That's the thing. Like, yeah, I, I've seen yeah. Warren Barton over there, and and God, Warren Barton, Robbie Earl, and all the others. But I'm, I haven't seen Barry Venison for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought well, they, when when you got people, I mean, even Alan Green on commentary as well, yeah. in, the, in the background yeah. and things like when you get people to kind of play themselves. It's always that's why I rated it pretty high because when they were playing themselves, they seem like themselves are not. Kind of parodies of themselves, if that mm. makes any sense. Like they, they weren't being caricatures; they were reacting as they would. Yeah, but that, that's that's fair. That's fair. I thought we, just because I mean, they had three million quid, they could have <laughs> special effects better than Star Wars. You you can't have everything. But. No, that's true. <laughs> Dave, any opinions on the the stars? No, it was just the Palais bit. Mm. I'd forgotten about the Ronaldo bit then. <laughs> yeah, I really it, forgot it's about it so quick. Away, so, so I. I made sure to kind of keep an eye out for it because I remember like making a note that shit like, we've got mm. these on books this must be pretty good but th- there is an argument did it need that many big names because no. did it, does it then start to become cheesy when you're throwing in big football stars and you're trying to talk about a fictional character in a fictional mm. world when I see films like that I always cringe a tiny bit I don't yeah. I think you could have took out Pelé and the Ronaldo bit, and it would have been. I think that kind of goes, stems back to my thing about whether it's in sort of this fi- a fictional yeah, 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 universe yeah. or whether yeah. it's sort of stemmed in in reality. Um, I think they used what they had very well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just wasn't. They didn't have a lot. Yeah, I think that's the only thing I'd say. I mean, I don't. I don't think, to be honest, the film gained anything from having the Pele cameo. It was only really there for that joke. No. It was just there about when the, they, they were in the bar. No, well, it was even before that when we were going like... Um, oh, going through all the teams. Going through oh, all yeah. the teams and... And you listed Japan before England. <laughs> yeah, because to be fair, could you have not just done that with like, um, I don't know, like a Skinner and Badil like chat show sort of thing? Mm. I don't know. Um, it, it felt like a way to shoehorn in Pele and Ronaldo because it was in Brazil more than anything else. Yeah. And I don't... Yeah, I don't know. It D- didn't quite work for mm. me in the end when sort of I actually rewatched it. Yeah. They might they might have used them in the marketing though. Yeah, oh yeah, a thousand percent. Because I can't I, I can't remember you know, I never went back and watched the trailer for it. But I can't remember it being marketed apart from the week before and then yeah. just mm. going to see it as soon as we possibly could. I do find it interesting sort of thinking about because it, it came out in two thousand and one. A year when we didn't have an international tournament. Yeah, well, if you think the way I sort of, which actually brings me on to one of my factoids, if he took over the the team in 2001 to qualify for 2002, which would have been the the following summer's tournament, the film obviously was set at the 2002 World Cup. England beat Argentina 1-0 and Brazil won the World Cup. In the real world, England beat Argentina 1-0 and Brazil won the World Cup. Ooh. Yeah. That was the the cathartic Beckham penalty, yeah, yes. against the yeah. Argies. That was and yeah, Sapporo. Yes, yeah. yeah. I remember being hungover watching it <laughs> on my settee. I won't say how old I was because <laughs> yeah, we've already established this. People, people will swear at me. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone else have any other factoids or anything they'd like to to bring to the table? I've got some post Mike Bassett factoids, but. Do you want me to do that now, or do you want to do overall first, or do you want me to? I, I honestly don't mind. I'll, I'll do the post. So well, you I was, do that. I, 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 um, I looked obviously when I was researching IMDb and Wikipedia of the film. Obviously, there was two 
post Mike Bassett projects afterwards. There was the Mike yeah. Bassett TV series. And he had one season in 2005. It was called Mike Bassett Manager. And the synopsis of the story was they lost to uh, England, lost to Lechtenstein to deny them qualification for Euro 2004. So he lost his England job. He became manager of Newcastle, but got back to back relegations. Uh, went back to Norwich, but got relegated, I believe, again. So he took charge of his dad's old team, Wirral County, after being asked when he was on holiday with his wife in Spain. Uh, interestingly, due to production delays, uh, Bradley Walsh didn't reprise a role mm. in the film. Mm. So uh, Wolves fan and, and friend of the fan cast, Steve Edge, took over mm. as that role as well. Uh, and then this is the one that always confused me. When I did the research, I was like, all oh, right, that's what happened. There was supposed to be a sequel to this film in 2016 called Mike Bassett, Interim Manager. And I remember seeing the teaser trailer mm. and the poster thinking, so why didn't this film come out? Uh, so the, the synopsis of that film was that... Uh, England were under the management of a German called Jürgen Manstein uh, and he had an exclusively German backroom staff. They basically breezed through the World Cup qualifiers thanks to a combination of efficient tactics and stylish football. But Marek Bassett, meanwhile, was managing in the managing the Iranian ladies football team in Tehran and it doesn't take long for Bassett to offend the whole of Iran uh, and he leaves looking for another job. Uh, Manstein, who was a former protege of Bassett, decides to bring him in as uh, a men- uh, kind of a, a form mentor and just to help him out as his number two. Obviously, Manstein jumps sti- ship and Bassett comes in as the interim England manager. Uh, so what happened with this film was it was a kickstart fund campaign that needed a quarter of a million to get off the road. Uh, they only reached about 130k. They tried to move to other online funding sources made a bit more money but time ran out and they didn't get enough money to make the film oh. and then that was it nothing what happened which surprises me that that film couldn't have raised for a, for a cult classic like that couldn't have raised a quarter of a million pound mm. yeah. but there it, we go it might have just felt a bit it's either after it's time or before the uh, yeah. Kickstarter Indiegogo boom of the two years True, later yeah, yeah. on possibly yeah. when you, lo- you look at the, what's happened there with the uh, aforementioned Steve Barnes novel Novelisation yeah. trilogy of genius, <laughs> and the price of them things now is up to a grand each. And if someone put that on now, I mean, if if someone can kickstart a Shenmue three, and it actually happen and it be released, mm-hmm. then I'm pretty sure that a new Mo Bassett film yeah. could be sorted now. Well, I'm sure but, all the the fan cast listeners will be able to to back it. In. Yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting. But we I'm, we can't make it, let's just say. No, <laughs> we will not be chipping in. No. Um, I actually watched Mike Bassett Manager before Oh, Mike okay. Bassett England Manager um, due to my previously undisclosed age. <laughs> um, I, I, I watched, yeah, because like, that was, what, 2005, 2006, mm, yeah, I think, The yeah. Manager. Um, How does that compare then to the film? Is it? As good as no, it's just a bit of a poor. No, the, the the film's better. Good. I mean, okay. it there's there's um, from memory. I do have it on DVD, and I I had half an intention to watch it because it's only about six episodes long, and it. <laughs> the the only gag I can there's a couple of gags I can remember, but one which sticks out to me is they're looking for a new shirt sponsor. He's a manager of Will Town or Will County, um, and they get sponsored by the local. Um, Rubbish dump. Songs. It says on their kit, sort of, we're all rubbish. <laughs> hey. And I just thought it's a really lovely joke, but and it works on like loads of like little different levels. But the fact it's 
in Wirral and that's sort of where he, you know Ricky Tomlinson's from as well mm. and he must have just heard that joke as you know yeah. growing up yeah. and I thought yeah that that still sticks with me now <laughs> but the film is sort of far better um, which you kind of expect it to be the other way because you know like in theory this film is set over what nine months technically mm-hmm. yeah. from like the last three qualifiers all the way to the end of the World Cup so you're talking like he takes over or takes over just after yeah it's, it's about 12 months isn't it because mm. he takes over after the League Cup final end of oh, hang on over time of this is getting really weird and weirder I, don't, so I sort up. of pictured it that when it came out in September of that year that would be when the film started yeah I know that with the League Cup it doesn't tie in doesn't, at all but. so you know, in theory, I think that League Cup is just a flashback bit, probably. Yeah. To say he won the League Cup, he had this open year. top plus parade. Yeah. And now we get to September. Way. When, when, uh, yeah. when um, Phil Cope had a heart attack. and <laughs> Sorry, again, yeah. it's a really, really shit, shit joke. It was like Phil can't cope. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so like, in theory, you'd expect a film to do quite nice, uh, you know, TV show to do nicely because it's got longer to kind of do it, but. It's not the same, no. Well, I think to be fair, when, by the time the TV show had come out, the film we, we'd got like five years between then and the film. Yeah, I don't think it had the, the consciousness same. of the, no. the public at that point. My factoid, and this was my favourite thing: the director Steve Barron actually directed one of my all-time favourite films, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, really? Turtles. Yeah. Wow! So he's actually got experience on working with independent movies and doing a damn good job of it. Very good. So yeah, I, I was genuinely stunned when I read this. I was like texting people, like, did you know this? Like, no one else was interested, to be honest, it was just me. Stu, <laughs> <laughs> anything else you've got to say on the film? No, I mean, I was just when you were saying that about the, the series, that you think after that, you'd have been in, in the throes of Dream Team, and then Footballers' Wives after that, and all the other nonsense that was going on. Um, I think it was just, it was of its time, and it wouldn't have worked. The series would have worked directly afterwards but not that far down the line yeah, um, but I as a, a closing thing on it I couldn't believe how how much I still loved it from when I, I <laughs> and how much I actually remembered mm. since it's nearly what 18 years later yeah. and there was things it was like I'd watched it like Die Hard like last year and the year before that it, I've only seen it twice in my life and it well three times now and it, it was yeah it holds up for me yeah, I thought it was actually, in some ways, the perfect English football film. Only mm. English football fans would get that film and it would resonate mm. with them. I think anyone outside of England wouldn't really get it. I thought it it showed the England football at the time perfectly, but it also highlighted the fun and the flaws of being an England fan. One minute, England, the greatest team in the world. The next minute you're hating every single person and like Rich said before the tabloids are out for every single person and it was that bit when they lose to one of the they draw to who's the last group game in the qualifiers they draw to um, Luxembourg is it no no no, no. Luxembourg Luxembourg beat Belgium Turkey yes they they draw that game and we're playing Poland yeah or we play somebody yeah yeah, uh, but they play someone and Luxembourg have to unlikely beat Turkey they do that they're on the radio and I just thought at that era that was so typical England getting through by default yeah. and I just it was such a typical English thing that we win by default yeah, and it was like uh, you reminded me that the um, 
the Beckham free kick against Greece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we scraped through one of the skin of our teeth yeah. and everyone was everyone was absolutely loving it for weeks and weeks afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then a bit of a typical English thing. I know it's not typical, but I asked Blake about this, just out of pure curiosity. And of course it's in it. Um, he looked at when he was looking at football films when he was still back home and he said he found it hilarious as well so he said but it, it, for him he didn't kind of believe that it was happening kind of thing but I, I was like well no this stuff did happen yeah so on to the reviews um, the critical reviews are very middling to be honest as I would have expected there were all th- two or three out of five I had a look at some of the fan reviews. Okay, um, good. Mostly five star and one star ones. <laughs> My favourite one star reviews are the ones who don't know what the review section's for and just respond with DVD didn't work. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I think that's not really the point of what you're doing it, but that always It's reviewing the product. Yeah, there's yeah. several of them where there's no subtitles on this. I can't get a refund. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> one of the five star reviews, though. If you followed English football, oh, hang on, no, let me start again. From Matthew Evans, March 2019. Oh, okay. This is a review. Fairly recent. Yeah. If you followed English football, then how can you not love this film? Really well written, directed, and. Really well written, directed. This isn't really well written, by the way. (laughs) Really well written, directed, and the acting by Tom Lee Rickinson. No, Ricky Tomlinson is genius. You get Oscars given for a load of old pony. <laughs> but to me, he deserved one for this performance. Gentlemen, can anyone name who won the Oscar this year? It wasn't Ricky Tomlinson. <laughs> so it would have been the 2002 ceremony. Who won the Oscar in the 2002 oh, Oscar ceremony? Yeah. I mean... Who, who beat out Ricky Tomlinson uh... for the Oscar? And obviously didn't deserve it, as according to Matthew Evans. 2002, so... I've, I've completely blanked on his name. Um, I've no idea. No, I no. feel like it's going to be someone completely... How the hell did they win the Oscar? Oh, no, back. no. It, uh, it is Denzel Washington. Oh, okay, fair enough. Training. Oh, training for day. training day. Yeah. So, he was obviously a very lucky man, yeah. according <laughs> to, uh, to Matt. Uh, the IMDB score was a 6.9 out of 10. Which isn't bad, think, actually. I think that's what you'd probably pitch yeah. as, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. And that very much ties in with our overall scores, which leads us on to Ooh. The, the pillars of the <coughs> of, of the rating. So, cultural impact. I went for a four. Dave? Uh, did I say five? You went for a five. I went Rich? three. Three. Stu? Three. three yeah. The footballing authenticity, I went for a three as well. Dave? Uh, oh, there we go. Then I went for a four with that one. Rich? I went b- I went three. You did. Stu, do you remember what you went for? I just went two just because of not being many footballers in it at all. Yeah. Uh, which is why I went for a one on football stars because there was just no one yeah. in there. I didn't think. Yeah, I gave it a three and I really rang that high. <laughs> I don't know why I was going to say. A three. I initially had it as a fourth and watched the film put it as a one. Yep, you did. Yeah. Uh, Stu, change that late. You got that four as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, like I said, the the ones who were actually in it. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Uh, film itself. I went for a three. I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was brilliant. But it was all right. Uh, I went for a four on that one. Four as well. Stu, yeah, three. Perfectly watchable, yeah. but you can't recommend it to a, a lot of people. 
So the fifth pillar is obviously your overall enjoyment. Would you recommend this to someone else? I gave it a three because I didn't think it was hilarious. But if you've got a spare 90 minutes, there's worse shit mm. to to watch, to be honest. So I thought three out of five. Yeah, I gave it a five. I may have, in revision, I probably put that down to four because I think the football fan in me really yeah. enjoyed this. But if you're going to show this to a general audience... Mm. Some people would enjoy it. Some people might not get it. I yeah. think, yeah, I'm, I'm probably in the same boat as Dave. I put a five because genuinely I could happily just watch it now, yeah. and I would still find the jokes funny because mm. I think the timing of them all are great. And you know, I'd still get, I will still get emotional when he reads Rudyard Kipling. Mm. Yeah. Um, but as we sort of said, it probably doesn't translate outside mm. of a. You know, a football fans and B English football fans of people who watched it in late nineties, early noughties. Sorry, that bit near the start where the wife has got the um, Kipling quote that's been embroidered. Yeah, well, he says, <laughs> the, da- the, "The dad's misspelled my son to Mason, Mason. at the end." <laughs> yeah. That's good. Uh, Stu, your overall enjoyment? Yeah, for for I mean, it's on. I mean, I've watched it you know, three times in nearly twenty years, <laughs> so it's not. But again, I loved watching it again, and like I just said, that you can't recommend it to non-football fans because they won't have a clue. But for people in the know and people who listen to this, yeah. you absolutely yeah, yeah, you have to watch it. Yeah. I mean, our overall score we gave it a sixty-seven percent, which is actually very which close. I, I was going to so, say yeah. that gets you there or thereabouts yeah. for your IMDb. I'm, I was quite happy with that. Mm. I know I gave it quite harsh markings, but I, th- I think actually, yeah. A 7 out of 10 is probably about right, to be honest. And I think it'd be good to point out as well that we'd like to hear what other people thought on those pillars as well and give yourself an overall mark. So it's cultural impact, uh, football authenticity, the football stars, the uh, film itself and the overall enjoyment. Uh, Tweeting at WWFC Fancast, Facebook, Wolves Fancast. Email in your reviews and maybe on the show next week we'll we'll spend a bit, we can read out some of the best ones as well. Podcast at WolvesFancast.com. We'd like to know what people's percentages were. Get your graphs out. <laughs> Get your percentages out. Graphs out for the lads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because it's a fan cast, obviously, Dan's done a quiz. Yay! It, yeah. Right, okay. Where do we set this in the quiz rules for the league table? Does this count as an official within the league, or is this a separate one-off? Ooh. It's, it's still canon. Well, keep it canon, then. We'll it's, it, it it's, canon. In the, it's in the league. Yeah. Depends who wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, are we all ready? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, hang on, get my phone out. Get, uh, play along at home, everybody, at WBFC Fancast on Twitter and uh, Wolves Fancast on Facebook. Just post on our page. Such a professional. Dave. I like, we've been, there's a few people now who've started sending their scores, and some mm. people, and it's Tom, I'm going to please apologise, forget this, Tom Cutton, I think. Yeah. Um, who, fair play to him, I love this Tom guy because he will sit down with a piece of paper and pen, listen to the show, and write down his answers. Brilliant. So, fair play, Tom. Everyone else, follow Tom's example. So he shows he's working. Yes, yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. To, do to be fair, that. if I wasn't on it, I would do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. There are some days that I've done that when I've been listening at home. I've stopped doing whatever See, I'm supposed to be doing for work. I, I end just... up usually doing it in the car and then like... Crashing. Yeah, ne- nearly <laughs> crashing or just being like, I can't prove that I've got the answer right. <laughs> there was one last week and I knew it. And I... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Sorry to divulge here. Year three sats when you do your first exams, you start doing your, your answers, and there's that little box that says, show your workings out. If you if you do that, you might get more 
points. I interpreted that as me drawing a little cartoon of me at my <laughs> desk trying to figure out the answer to the question. <laughs> and I thought I was going to get points that way. So I hope I did. I don't know what I got in year three. That's what. Have we already done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. So the 28th of September 2001 was the initial release date of Mike Bassett, England manager. The day after Wolves won away 3 0 at Rotherham. Can you name oh any of our scorers that Jeez, day? Jeez, 2001. It was a 3-0 win, so there's three possible points. I'm trying to think of that. So it's two, September 2001. So we're looking at a Dave Jones management. <laughs> three players. It's obviously pre-Premier League as well, isn't it? Yes. Is yes, this when James Jones just took, just took over a day at this 2001 point? 2001-2. Yeah, this okay. is still not going to make any yeah. difference for me. Uh, right, okay, okay, okay. I think you could have a good guess at these players, to be honest. Uh, Dave's thinking. I'm uh, tumbleweeds going through my <laughs> head here. Um, <laughs> du- 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 you got three, Stu. I'm just thinking oh, because oh, it. Right. I know that the team from the year later. But yeah, I was going to say I, I recognise more from from the team the year later because I think sort of two, three. Yeah, I'm just going to guess it. You know, 2001 2 was, was that the year we just missed out? Was that the West two, Brom over Leganus? Yeah, two, 2000, 2003 went up by the playoffs, mm-hmm. so 2002 must have been the year we missed out. Yeah. yeah. I've just kind of scattered good answers here. Yeah, for this I've one. Kind of, So you, Dave's locked in. I'm, I'm locked, locked in. Richie's locked in. One second. Okay. Okay. Dave? Uh, I've gone for Storage, Undar and Kennedy. Oh, God. (laughs) I went Marcel. Right. Because we joked about it. Yeah. Sean Newton and Michael Branch. Right. Newton, Blake and Kennedy. Kennedy. There are two people who have scored. (gasps) And it's the ones who've picked Kennedy. Yes. Sake. Cameron and Ray with the other goal scorers oh, that day. Oh yeah, okay. There were some obvious ones there. Okay. So yeah, it was ones that I think you could have had a good guess yeah. at. Yeah. Mike Bassett was played by National Treasure Ricky Tomlinson. <laughs> how but how many years was Rick Haywood chairman of Wolves? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this you don't is... need to pick the exact years, but how many years? That's uh, okay. Uh, again, this is m- that's a, I know how his mind works. Or yeah. This is me just. Giving me a complete random answer. When I the first time I read that, I had to reread it. I thought, "What the? Oh yeah, Dan." <laughs> <laughs> so Dave's locked in. I'm locked in. Two of you locked in. I'm trying to think of it logically. Right. Carry the two. Wasn't here for a long time. He was just here for a good time. Stu, are you locked in? Yeah. Okay. What have you got? Four. Four, three, three, uh, six, and it's rich as equalised. Oh, so it's one, one, one. Three years from two thousand and three to two thousand and six. In my head, it was two thousand four to seven. So <laughs> I'll take that as a win. <laughs> Is it replaced by Big Jez? He was, wasn't he? Mm. Great days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the higher value? Mike Bassett at the box office, or how much Wolves paid for Adi Akinbai? Oh! How much did we pay for Akinbai? You're not oh, supposed no, to ask oh, other oh, 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 oh. I don't give one of you. I know the exact thing for that. 
It's just whether or not, you know, the uh, Mike Bassett one. We did mention it earlier on in, in the podcast gonna be, as well. It's going to be close because we spent a decent whack on him, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I think at the time oh. he was our most expensive player. Yeah, he was. Wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, hang on. I've got to write this down. Stand hang on. Uh, the previous most expensive, Dean Richards, was he? I think. Um, at two. Well, I don't think he was even two, was he? It's one one point eight five yeah. with added add-ons and whatever. Yeah. <sighs> so I presume this is an either or. We're going for either Mike Bassett or or Adi Yeah, Akin you got a fifty-fifty chance. Which though. one was the higher of the two? Okay, right. Are we all locked in? I'm locked yeah. in. Okay, Rich, I've gone box office. I've gone for Akin Bayer, although my phone has reverted that to Akin Two. <laughs> and before that, it was sk- it was before that it was Skinny Eye. Skinny yeah. Eye, okay. right? Okay. I've got my basic wins and Akinbaya is 3.5 million. Oh. And the Akinbaya is. is the higher because it, the... It did 2.9 or 3.1, didn't it? Was it was 3.44. Oh. So there wasn't much in it, to be fair. Yeah. But, so that's Dave Russ. taking a storming 2-1-1 lead. Come on. In its opening week at the UK cinema, the film was beaten to the first spot in the charts by the film... AI artificial intelligence starring the late great Robin Williams. But who was he in AI? Who was Robin Williams? In no, it? he wasn't. Was he? No. That it's um. Void the question. <laughs> no. Void no. that question. Is he? No, think, no, he's not thinking of bicentennial man. Yeah, he's is. thinking of bicentennial man. Dave. It doesn't matter for the question. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it we doesn't all know. matter. We I all think. I think there'll be VAR controversy after this. <laughs> right. Anyway, carry on. So yeah, starring the late great Robin Williams. But who? Did Wolves defender A.D. Williams leave Wolves for? Uh, I think this is where we bought him from, but I'm just going to okay. go for this anyway. I know he played... Uh, and i also got a feeling I know where he ended up at the end of his career, but this, oh no, this is not going to be right, but we'll go for it anyway. Right, so you're locked in. I'm locked Richard in. Richard's locked in. Mm. Are you locked in? Okay, yeah. Stu, who have you gone for? We got him from Reading. I think he went to Swansea. Right, okay. I've, wrote, I've wrote down Reading. I've written down Leicester for some reason. And there's an equaliser for Rich. Oh. He went back to Reading. <laughs> Where did you think he ended his career? Wrexham for some that, reason. That sounds a bit right. That yeah, sounds vaguely right. remembering yeah. Playing the lower leagues, yeah. Can you name the title of Ricky Tomlinson's football compilation DVD released in 2010? Oh. Rich seemed to grab his own phone so quickly <laughs> that he's like, yep, I've got this. I've got it as well. I don't know. <laughs> You repeat the question, sorry, he's, he's the football name compilation. of the uh, football compilation DVD. Uh, I've no idea. Um, Again, you can probably have a good guess at this one. I don't okay. know if it's the I've, book or... I've wrote, uh, yeah. I kind of want to show you what I've wrote down. Just to compare. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to pass. I've no Passing idea. I'm Dave, no, but not idea. Football oh, Miles. So there are. <laughs> oh, that makes so Point much sense given. as well. Yeah. So, Rich has won. Oh, well done, Rich. We count it. Come from behind and <laughs> oh. uh, stormed into a three-two-two lead. Oh. We do have a tiebreaker as well. Do you want to do it for shits and giggles? Yeah. yeah. Only, only if it is for shits and giggles. So <laughs> you don't <laughs> risk losing the, uh, <laughs> the title. How many episodes were there in total of football TV show Dream Team on Sky? Oh, I was stunned at this number. Actually, it, was, it never ended, though, did it? It was on. It was on for the whole football season for years. Mm. 
How many episodes? And it, I think it ran for about nine, ten years as well, was it? It was a good long haul. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I didn't realise it was this many. I've, I've locked in. I think I jumped in when Prashant Datani was there <laughs> and jumped out when Linda Block went to jail for him, so I wasn't there that long. <laughs> I'm locked in. Locked in? Same. Locked in, locked in. Right, okay, let's go with Dave. 219. Rich? 250. 278. You're all way off. Oh, really? Okay. 419? <laughs> what? Yeah. I would have gone with mid-200s, but... No, it I mean, was I can't four ninety like twenty five episodes, ten years, which yeah, that's something he never stopped. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. Uh, he was. Oh, he was on twice a week as well. When it was, when it, I'm sure it was when it first started, when it was actually the youth team of Harchester before it went nonsense. Yeah. Oh, well done, Rich. Well, yeah. well done, Rich. Well done, Rich. There will be words Brilliant. with Dan on the quiz this week. His standards are slipping. <laughs> But I mean, and his robot films in order. Yeah, he, he was close, but not not quite close enough. Uh, so yeah, as I stated at the top of the episode, we've got this silly plan to rank all of the footballing films ever made. Um, so far, I've got a list of fifty. So if people want us to carry on doing episodes like this, please let us know if you've enjoyed it. Um, just you know, drop us a tweet or whatever yeah. you want. Um, if you can tell us if there's something that you think we can improve on, if there's something that you'd like us to add into it, let us know. This show is a work in progress, mm. basically. Um, I don't know about the three of you, gents, but I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, me too, the, me too, yeah. yeah. It's really good. It's yeah, a bit different. You know, at WFC Fancast on Twitter, Wolves Fancast Facebook, podcast at wolvesfancast.com. We encourage you to send your reviews and your thoughts on the film as well, because... We like to read them. It's like mail. We don't get much emails. <laughs> please send me a letter. Please. <laughs> Would be nice. But yeah, please just, just let us know what you think, even if you didn't enjoy it. But, you know, I'm sure you did. Yep. It's better than talking about Kosovo. Yes, very true. Very true. But yeah, like Andy says, if there's a film that people want us to do in the future, just just let us know. And the yeah. majority will win. Usually it'll be that one person and we'll have to do that film. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Won't, we won't have a re-vote here. So Air Bud 3 it is. <laughs> Because like the few people we have mentioned it to, they have come out with other ideas. I yeah. want to watch. I know Ash WrestleMania, Ash Dolan. He's come out with a couple that he wants us to do. And so yeah, please let us know, and we'll do what we can. Because this is something. As I said, we've got fifty films on the list. It could go on for a while if if yeah, there's an audience for it. Uh, so I think as a way of goodbye, we'll do a film recommendation. As, as we're leading up to Christmas, I think we need to do a film Christmas. Christmas. A film Christmas. <laughs> a Christmas film. Okay. So, David. Um, I'm going to go for a recent one because me and Mrs. E watched it only a couple of days ago. There's a new Christmas film. Now, Netflix obviously throws out a lot of Christmas films now. It's it's a thing. But there's a new one that I know. So I tried to get my daughter to watch it, but she didn't like the first ten minutes. So I was like, okay, we'll leave that. But I thought, hang on, this is all right. So it's called Klaus. It's an yeah. animation. It's in the kind of DreamWorks-y style, um, and the, the the Santa Claus in this, I think it's the same one that plays the Santa, is the Santa in this, uh, is it Age of Guardians or Guardians, where it's like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and Jack Frost, right, and something like that. But it's really good, it feels like an old school Disney animation, mm. um, and it's got the quirkiness of like um, Emperor's New, is it Emperor's New Groove, that Disney film? Yeah, like Emperor's New Clothes, yeah, yeah. where he turns into a, a llama, mm. uh, and it's got that quirkiness about it. And I've I I, I surprisingly really jo- enjoyed it, and it's got a very good, fresh, original take of a Santa Claus 
origin and all the origins that come around Santa and, and Christmas. So it's on Netflix if you've got it. Um, it's, it's on the probably obviously on the kids section. Go. It's like an hour and a half. I think so. If you want to get in the Christmas spirit, watch that. Excellent, Rich. Richie Rich's Christmas wish. <laughs> <laughs> Can't top that, can you? No. <laughs> um, I, I already said that earlier. So if we, we're going on the, f- the theme of films that people might not have seen before, um, the Christmas Chronicles that I watched last year, it was absolutely class. But is that the one with Kurt Russell? Yeah, That's, yeah, that is good. That one is. But uh, mine and Andy's favourite, the uh, A Christmas Prince, the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the third part of that. Yeah. It was um, Christmas Prince of Royal Baby. It was absolutely appalling, but I really, really enjoyed it. Do you count Iron Man three as a Christmas film? Mm. It's set at Christmas. It's, it, if you're counting Batman Returns, then yeah. I think there is a whole other podcast about what you class as a Christmas film in here. But yeah, we will not. So. We will not go down that <laughs> tangent. We we could do with finding a Christmas football film. That would be the the Andy, ideal. Andy, really. what is your Christmas recommendation this Christmas? My Christmas recommendation. I'm now going to have to have a quick look for because Stu's just mentioned the Christmas Chronicles, <laughs> <laughs> the Princess Switch, which yeah, we yes, Stu yes. discussed the other night with Vanessa Hudgens in. It's dreadful. I think we. It's uh, so um, bad, but. I, I really enjoy uh, trash films like this. Uh, at this point, I think we are going to go and watch Last Christmas together. Yeah, I I had absolutely zero interest <laughs> in Last Christmas until I read the Wikipedia plot summary of it, and it just sounds hilarious. I don't think it's supposed to be hilarious, but yeah, I really, um, like I said, I just love shit films. Good. Cool. Yeah, so it's a goodbye from Dave. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Rich. See you next time. It's goodbye from Stu. Four, four, fucking two. <laughs> And it's goodbye from me. See you later.